0: Morning. It's good to see you. Turn with me to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, and uh, we are going to be looking over the next few weeks uh, through the Christmas season um, at Advent Messages, and they're all going to find a focus on with the metaphor of light. Um, The text I read to you earlier out of Isaiah chapter 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. So we see here uh, light as a metaphor, if you will, of the goodness of God, the greatness of God. And certainly in Jesus Christ, we see the goodness and the greatness and the glory of God. As we get into this, I want to encourage you parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, with every opportunity that you have this month, this time, not just on Christmas Day, but all the way, through this month, you have an opportunity utilizing Advent and an Advent wreath in your own home to teach your children about Jesus Christ and that He is the living God and that He did come to this earth as a man. Teach them these truths because the world is dismissing them. And these truths are a matter of life and death. They're a matter of heaven or hell. It is vital that you teach your children these truths. So many in the world look at someone like Jesus and they compare him to and equate him to someone like Gandhi who spoke good and was all about peace. And when you see a picture of Gandhi, you often think he has kind of become a symbol of peace, if you will, unless you know the whole story. Jesus, in a lot of people's mind, is a symbol of peace, a symbol of love. And a symbol of joy. The problem with that is a symbol is something that points to something that is a reality. It is a symbol that is not the reality but points to a reality. Jesus should never be considered a symbol. He should always be considered mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. He is no symbol of a season. He is the living God. Teach your children these things. They are foundational eternal truths. Teach them in your home day by day and week by week throughout this month. Help them to see that there's more to this season of Christmas than presents and candy canes and elf and any other movies you like to watch. There's more than hot chocolate and eggnog, although southern eggnog that you get at Brookshire's is really good. (laughs) Teach them. These things. Be diligent. Now I'll go back over here. I want us to see that the light that's Jesus has always been shining. The light has always been shining. The metaphor of light makes no sense unless it is against a background of darkness. Without that background, the metaphor doesn't compute. In the Bible, we see darkness. Uh, as a metaphor, a very rich metaphor, that points to a double reality. The first reality uh, is uh, that darkness points to the, uh, to the simple fact of human ignorance that people do not know. Uh, there are those who are in the dark and those who lack Are those who lack knowledge. They do not know God. They are ignorant that there is a God. To the Jewish mind, darkness, uh, this metaphor had particular application to the Gentile world, a world that had not received the grace of God, the revelation of God through the Torah. The prophets were the written revelation of God. Even today, there are untold millions who still dwell in deep darkness. They dwell in deep darkness, never having heard about the one true God or of Jesus Christ. Or they have heard, and they will not believe. Well, they do not believe. That points to a second reality in reference to darkness. And that is that darkness refers to evil and willful blindness in the Bible. In John chapter 3, uh, we find uh, this truth. Of course, we know John 3.16, but I want us to look at John three. 19, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Darkness points to evil and willful blindness on a part of people who hear the word of God, hear the gospel, look at creation, and reject the Lord. John explained, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not. Receive him. Why? They love the darkness. Apart from Jesus Christ, there is nothing but darkness. There would be no hope and no chance for us to have redemption, to have forgiveness of sin, to know eternal life apart from Jesus Christ. But the light has come into the world. Let me read John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here in verse 5, we see that the light shines in darkness. The light is the Word, not this Word, the Word in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The light is the Word. We can walk back and see that. The light shines in the darkness. Who's the light? In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. In Him was life. Who? The one who made all things. Who's that? The Word. Who is God? You see how it just kind of walks back up there and says, one is the same. Light is the Word, and the Word is light. The light is the Word, and the light shines in darkness. So we see uh, verse 14 coming into play already that says the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the light is the Word, and that He has come into darkness. This is darkness. This world we live in. He left glory, came into gloom. and he did so with great purpose, to shine a light. Do you know what light does? It dispenses with darkness. But at the same time, it's very easily contrasted with the light. There at the end, it says, and the darkness has not overcome it. Has not overcome what? The light that has come into the world. The darkness has not overcome it. That phrase, overcome it, has not overcome it, uh, has not gained control over it. The literal understanding as well. Darkness cannot grasp hold of light and take control of light and harness it. But darkness... I mean, but light can take darkness away. Once light shines, darkness is gone. And So we see that Jesus has come into the world to show light. We need to understand that the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it or has not taken control of it or has not grasped hold of it to control it. And that's telling us this one thing. The light is indestructible. Cannot be destroyed. Cannot be overcome. How do I know? How do I know that's true? How do you know that's true? I want to point to three things. And hopefully through these things, we will have reasons to believe this is true. The light is indestructible. The light has come into the world. The light has shone in darkness. So the three major points. The light was shining before the beginning, number one. The light was shining before the beginning. Number two. The light was shining in the beginning. The light was shining in the beginning. There was a time before the beginning and then there was the beginning. And the light was shining in the beginning too. Lastly, the light is still shining. The light is still shining. Shining. So uh, with that, how how can we know that it's true that light is indestructible, that Jesus is the light of the world, that he uh, came and darkness has not overcome it, but that he shines in darkness? First, the light was shining before the beginning. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, and John is stating that the word Jesus Christ is eternal it says there in the beginning was the word in the beginning in our archaic, archaic is where that, that Greek word helps us to see so it's ancient there's ancient in the beginning in our if he was in it he was before it okay if he was in it he was before it because in the beginning there was nothing And then there was something. If he was in it, he was before it. In the beginning was the word, or in the beginning the word was. Stop. He did not become, he was not created. This is telling us that the word was. Or to say it this way, Jesus Christ was. Jesus was, and he is, and he is to come. He is all of those things. Jesus was, before the beginning. So there was the glory of God before the beginning. Jesus says so in John seventeen five. John writes, recording Jesus' prayer, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. The glory of God, I'm going to talk about that in a later sermon, but the glory of God, the light, the glory is the radiance of God. Glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So the light of the world and the light of men was shining before the world existed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's pointing to the eternality of Jesus. That, by the way, eternality, to be eternal is not something that God shares; it's something that God is. You say, "Well, we're going to have eternal life, and God share an eternity with us." Yes, but you had a beginning; He did not. His Son is everlasting and eternal. The light of the world and the light of men was shining before the world existed. Before the beginning, the plan of redemption was established. Y'all realize that, right? Look with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we see Peter preaching, and in verse 22 and 23, He gives testimony regarding Jesus. He says, men of Israel, hear these words. Acts 2, 22. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed, murdered by the hands of lawless Men definite plan, boule it's a council developing a plan of how things would be. Oh, well, a council existed before that It was the council of the Godhead, and there the council of the Godhead brought forward the plan of redemption, and that plan of redemption involved Jesus being delivered up and he was for the beginning the plan of redemption was established jesus confessed in luke 22:22 22, 22, that his death had been predetermined the apostles willingness to endure hardship was grounded in the predetermined redemption in jesus Man, they lived their lives relying on the truth that Jesus is indeed the Son of God and that He is the Redeemer of the world. The light was shining before the beginning. I've got some more to say about His eternality, but I want you to see uh, how it... Kind of goes together. the light was shining before the beginning. Jesus is eternal God. He is truly God and truly man. He is fully God and fully man. He is the God man. And God came here to redeem the likes of you and me. Now, I don't know about you, but that fits the passage in Romans where it says, Christ died for the ungodly. Definitely me. I was definitely the ungodly. And he redeemed me. The light was shining before the beginning. He is eternal. No one is eternal except God. Not only was the light shining before the beginning, but the light was shining in The beginning. So we have the eternal nature of Jesus coming through in this passage in uh, John uh, chapter 1, that he is God. But also, I want you to see that light was in the beginning. It says there that he was with God, he was God. As we look at this and think of the light shines in darkness and darkness is not overcome, it. one reason is because God is eternal and nothing can destroy. Everything else is created. Nothing else can destroy him. But here in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Every was in those verses, by the way, is a word, a A me. It means is. E I M I, if y'all want to translate it, literate it. E I M I, M E. The light, Jesus Christ, was in the beginning. This word defines essence. If you look down in verse 3, it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The was there goes along with that which was made. And that word is Gedomai. Y'all hear the word there? Genesis. Beginning. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want you to see the distinction between was here. He was. It's a word that defines essence. In John chapter 8, uh, we see Jesus is uh, talking with the uh, with the Pharisees. And he says to them, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and you have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, get on my, I am a me. Y'all know what he's doing there, right? He's using the name of God that God gave to Moses. If they ask, who sent me? Tell them I am who I am sent you. You tell them I am sent you. Jesus said, you know, before Abraham was created, before Abraham had a beginning, I am. Man, he's coming right out and he's saying, I am the living God. Uh, The light was in the beginning. He was with God. He was God. The essence of Jesus Christ. What's it saying? That Jesus is indeed God. God. It's not saying he's like God. It's not saying that he is a God. It is speaking of the essence and nature of Jesus Christ and that he is actually, literally, completely God. And he came to this earth. Took on flesh. He is the God-man. He is unique in that sense and in that way. John is stating emphatically, by the way, throughout his gospel, there's not a gospel I love more than the gospel of John. Okay, of the four gospels, I love the gospel of John. And I want you to know that John is stating emphatically all the way through the gospel. And in this particular place, and in chapter 8, he is stating emphatically that Jesus Christ is, is God how can I know it's true that light is indestructible and light has shone in darkness I can know because the light is God secondly I want you to see what it says there John chapter 1 verse 3 all things were made through him And without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made. All things were made. They were made through him. And without him, there was nothing made. Without Jesus, there is no beginning. Without Jesus, there is no light. No form, no matter, no life. There is nothing without Jesus. By Him and through Him all things were made. And the Creator is greater than His creation. The Creator is greater than His creation. It's like the world and all that He created is a symbol or an icon that points back to Him. The heavens declare the glory of God. When we see creation, we see the one who created it. And he's greater than the creation. How do I know? Well, all oh, this is going to burn up. And he's going to make all things new. All things have been scarred by sin. And all things that will be made new will be made new through Jesus Christ, and Him alone. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Revelation, I am making all things new. When He comes, we will be changed. We will be made new. The dead in Christ will rise first. How are they going to do that? They'll be new. Man, I want you to know all things were made and all things are made new by Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. Christ and for Jesus Christ. You have not been made new by the blood of Jesus for yourself. You have been made new by the blood of Jesus for the glory of God, for the purpose of God, to do the good things that God planned for you to do. You do not exist for yourself. You have been bought with a price unless you have not been bought at all. You're here today and you've never trusted in Christ. Today, call on Him. Believe on Him. Repent of your sin. And trust in Christ alone. All things were made by Him. How do I know that the light shines in darkness and darkness has not overcome it? He created everything. And the creator is greater than his creation. He goes on and we see that light was shining in the beginning when he created all these things. In verse 4, it tells us this about the one who created everything. In verse 1, he is referred to as the word. In verse 5, he is referred to as the light. And in verse 4, we find out something about his essence and who he is. In him was life. That's a me, by the way. Not get on my. It's a me. In him was life. He is the life. He is the essence of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. When light came in the world, life came in the world. Because apart from the light, there is no life. There is no life. Oh, yeah, there is bias, There is physical life, but there is no redeeming life. There is no life that has been redeemed. So as we see here, we see that in him was life. The light was the light of men. What does he mean? Well, in chapter 5 of John, verse 26, We see that Jesus is saying, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. That's him comparing himself to the Father, which is a right comparison because he is God. And God is the one who gives life god is the one who has life it's not that god possesses it from outside himself it is an inherent characteristic of god that he gives to man in what way how does that happen 1 john chapter 1 1 John chapter 1. Wouldn't you know it, I didn't put a mark there. 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. He's speaking of the word of life. He's speaking of Jesus Christ from the beginning. Verse 2, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it. And testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. The life, the light, all of it made manifest to us. In what way? In what form? In Jesus Christ. He is the light. He is the life. It is through Him that men live. not just our physical life but where you are made alive in Jesus. Still in 1 John chapter 5 verse 11, we see again this thought verse 11, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son you want eternal life? I'm not talking about a fountain of youth, by the way. I'm talking about something better than that. I'm not talking about something that make you live a long time. I'm talking about something that will make your jaw drop. Something that will set you aflame. I'm talking about life that is eternal and that eternal life. Is spent with the eternal God. Where we spend our days, if we could even number them, being in awe of the living God. I've done a lot of funerals in my day and it never fails that I hear somebody say, well, he's up there, he found him a deer stand to sit in. He's up there hunting with Jesus. No, he's not. He's glorying at the feet of Jesus. His jaw is on the ground and he has tears coming from uh, his soul and he's worshiping Jesus. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do in heaven, folks. Isn't that great? No, you ought to be excited right now. That's what we're going to do in heaven. We're going to worship Jesus always. Always. Some people say, that's boring. Then you don't understand. You don't understand who He is. You don't understand that He is the eternal God. You have failed to comprehend that all that is is because of Him. You, You don't comprehend that apart from Him, you are dead in darkness and sin and forever. Burning in a literal place called hell. You fail to comprehend how glorious it will be to be always in the presence of our God. How do I know darkness does not overcome it? Because He is life and He is light. And he is our indestructible God. Lastly, I want us to see that the light is still shining. He entered into this world the same way we all did, birth. So wait a minute, didn't you say he created the world? Yeah, but then he stepped into it kind of like stepping into a mud puddle he left glory and he came into gloom as i said earlier he did indeed come and was born something god had never experienced being born And the birth of the Savior, the birth of Messiah, points to the cross. Because that's why He came. He came to redeem. He came to do the work that the Father had sent Him to do. He came to be a substitute for the mess that Adam made. He came to be a substitute for sinful man. He came to bring life. Where nothing but death existed. The light's still shining. Because the gospel is still being proclaimed. The light is still shining because He is eternal God forever and ever. The problem is is that still today, men love the darkness. People resist and rebel against the gospel constantly. But what ought to meet their insistence of rebelling against the gospel is our insistence of proclaiming it forevermore. Constantly delivering the gospel into the ears of people who will not hear and do not want to hear. And want to push away the darkness. Want to, push, or want to push away the light. I am so thankful for a verse like this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Y'all hear creation? You hear the day happening there? Let light shine out of darkness. That's Genesis 1, 3. Let there be light. The darkness there is the metaphor for nothingness. Rather than sinfulness. Let light shine. There's nothing for me to create light from. It'll just be spoken by the power of my word, and it will be and it was. That God who said, Let there be light, and poof, there was light. You say, Well, yeah, put the sun up. Go on down a couple of days, you'll see that. All right? But when he said, Let there be light, there was light. I want us to capture what Paul is saying. This God who is powerful, this God who is creator, this God who is eternal, this God who is a redeemer, the one who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Do you all hear that? The one who spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light, Spoke into our hearts with the same power that it took for him to say let there be light. And there was. Spoke with the same power into our hearts and said to us what? Behold my son. He shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus It starts in the prophets, and it ends in the hearts of those whom he has called, that they would be redeemed. The light, it's always been shining, and it will continue to shine. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the light, Jesus Christ, And I want to pray, God, that you would speak, Lord, to the hearts of those who are here who may have never known him. They've heard his name, and they respect what we believe, but he's not their Lord. He's not their Savior. And, Lord, today, I pray, would be the day of salvation as they call on Jesus Christ to forgive their sin, and they believe in him who died, who rose, who ascended, who's coming. And, Father, that they would repent of their sin and lay all of it on you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have shown in our hearts that we may live and that we may see the truth, that we would not be ignorant nor be rebellious, but, Lord, that you have caused your spirit to work in such a way so that we can see and hear and believe. Continue to do that work in us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.